0: You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 38. Predictions made in past retreats that came true, that were right, that were hits. Predictions that were wrong, that didn't pan out. What is the most interesting prediction about the future? Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host,
1: Max Sklar.
0: Welcome, welcome to the Local Maximum. We're having so much fun in this episode. Last weekend, I had my fourth tech retreat. It's something that I do once every five quarters. That's a little more than annually, or actually, it's a little less frequently than annually. It's it's a little more than one year because annually is like too soon, and I like to rotate seasons. So, anyway, I take some of my friends on this tech retreat. This year, it was up in northern Massachusetts. We talk about our side projects, our careers, but one of the most interesting things that we do is we make predictions about technology and society, and we divide those predictions into different categories and different time frames, like five years, 10 years. There's a really good reason to make these predictions. It really keeps you on your toes. It keeps you honest. Um, If you make some predictions and then look back on them uh, a few years later, it kind of forces you to... Adjust the way that you think about the world, rather than if you just spew out uh, opinions and then never have them tested, um, you'll just keep spewing out the the same stuff without any kind of uh, without any kind of ground truth. So this provides that kind of service to us, and I think we get smarter and smarter as we go. So now, lucky you, we've been making predictions since 2015, and we can actually look back and see how we did. So I put together a panel of myself, Aaron, and Crystal Astrakhan, and we picked apart some predictions from the past and look towards the future. So let's look at our panel. Me, you know. Aaron, you know him too if you're listening to The Local Maximum every week. Uh, We actually don't talk a lot about Aaron's job and his background. All you know is that he knows a ton of stuff. So it's kind of a mystery. Maybe we can like kind of fill everyone in on a future show. But anyway, he's on the panel. And finally, Crystal Astrakhan works for Amazon Advertising as an analytics and media manager. She provides data-driven insights into Amazon's grocery advertisers, uh, which helps them understand their customers on Amazon and improve the effectiveness of their marketing. Crystal graduated from Yale with a BA in psychology and also holds a master's in business analytics from NYU Stern. In her free time, she enjoys spin class, and we'll talk about that, drinking lots of coffee with friends and volunteering in her community. By the way, I first met Crystal through the Yale Alumni Service Corps on these volunteer trips we do in far-off places like the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and especially last year at the Fort Mojave Indian Reservation. So, all right, you can tell we're relaxed and having a great time in this retreat and on this panel. I think you're going to get a lot out of this, a lot of interesting discussions. Let's bring it up. All right, welcome to the Local Maximum Tech Retreat, Fall 2018. This is the fourth annual, I don't think we call it annual, it's a little bit more than annual, right? It's like every five quarters, so it's... um, There's probably a
1: Latin term for that.
0: I have no idea what that is, but let's just say the fourth whatever, Local Maximum Tech Retreat. We're now rebranding it as a Local Maximum Tech Retreat because the Local Maximum didn't exist in previous tech retreats. Um, This year, the retreat is in North Andover, Massachusetts, and in front of a live audience, no less. So let me hear it from the live Dining Room Studio audience. All right, there's a lot of people. We just saw moments ago, we have some big news, just saw moments ago, the Local Maximum Podcast received... 10,000 plays across all platforms. That means that episodes of The Local Maximum have been played 10,000 times. That's a really great benchmark. I'm very happy about it. Hopefully in the future, it'll be like 10,000 a week. So, okay, today we have a three-person panel to discuss our predictions about the future, mostly including technology, but other predictions as well. Uh, This panel includes myself. Um, and the rules are, we each are going to go over three things. So first, we're going to talk about predictions made in past retreats that came true, that were right, that were hits. Second, predictions that were wrong, that didn't pan out. We're going to talk a little bit about why it didn't pan out. And then what is the most interesting prediction from this session um, about the future that uh, that we think came up? And we're going to discuss that a little bit. So now our panel, of course, you know... Uh, Aaron, my co-host, is also a, Matt, Matt, uh, a member of the panel, and uh, this, we're also in his house. So how you doing, Aaron? I'm, I'm doing well. Okay. This is actually the first time, this might be surprising to you guys, this is the first time I'm recording an episode of Local Maximum with Aaron right in front of me. This has never been done before.
1: Uh, yeah, we, and, We've had live video, but but never face-to-face before.
0: We've done live video during the recording?
1: Well, maybe not during the recording. Yeah, probably just, after Just the pre-show, recording. post-show.
0: Yeah. And uh, second, uh, sorry, the third panelist who we are going to discuss is someone who hasn't been on the show before, Crystal Astrakhan. Crystal, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Max, for having me.
0: All right. Now tell us a little bit about what you do. Where do you work?
2: I work for Amazon Advertising, and I'm an analytics and media manager.
0: Fantastic. That's great. That will give us a really good inside view of... What's going on? We're not going to talk about specific Amazon things, uh, but uh, we might get into we might get into some relevant stuff. All right. Now, every year we have certain categories that uh, that our predictions fall into. This year there were three categories. I feel like uh, the the Jeopardy host, who's the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, and the categories are. So let me uh, let me tell you today. The categories are consumer technology decentralization and network governance. That, of course, covers Bitcoin and blockchain, but it also covers peer-to-peer stuff like uh, Uber and Airbnb. Third, society and culture. That's an interesting one that includes political predictions, but of course, you know, those are very hard to predict. Uh, Well, they're all very hard to predict, but those could be a little more fun sometimes. And the fourth one is, well, miscellaneous. It's just for anyone who wanted to make predictions that don't fit, obviously, into the other three. Some of them might be enterprise software, some of them might be what are those inside jokes. I don't know. Okay. So the first thing on our list to do is which predictions from previous. And so the previous, uh, the, the previous ones, the previous uh, retreats, they occurred in what? Um, it started in summer 2015. Is that right? And then we went to... Um, Sorry, winter 2015.
1: Right. Yeah, the first one was, was most definitely in the winter. Oh, yeah. It
0: was like 20 below, right? And then the second one was in the spring of 2016, followed by the summer of last year. So those were the three to pull from. All right. So we're going to start. We're going to go in this order. We're going to go Aaron, then Crystal, then me. Aaron, you're going to ask me questions. We could ask each other questions about this. We're going to start with what about previous uh, predictions did you, which previous prediction did you pick that you thought was spot on or at least uh, interesting in that way, in, in that, in, in how much it came true?
1: Yeah, so my selection for, for a prediction that, that came to fruition uh, is actually from uh, the 2016 retreat. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's one of your predictions, Max. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but you said that uh, that Sonos is going to integrate with Amazon Echo or get its own voice control um, and then tied with that also, that Apple Watch will be uh, independent from the iPhone, but people will still carry their phones everywhere. And, and I think both of those are pretty spot on. Um, Sonos didn't necessarily integrate with, with the Echo per se, but it got the Amazon Assistant integrated into it. So. Well, yeah,
0: and I also was able to set it up in my house because I was able to uh, – I don't know what I did for that. But I did something where I could say, you know, hey, Alexa, play XYZ in the bathroom and it'll do it. Um, And that was always very frustrating because now I had two parallel sound systems and it was like, how is this going to work? So I felt like Sonos had to integrate in order to stay alive and it looks like they did. So that was very good. And yeah, on the Apple Watch, right, it's sort of independent of the phone in some ways, but not always, you know, but maybe the the Apple Watch 4 maybe is a little bit more. Yeah. And
1: and, and maybe to generalize on that a little bit more, uh, you know, smart smart wearables uh, particularly in the the smart watch realm are are becoming much more commonplace but they have by no means replaced the phone um they're yeah. they're a in addition to not an instead of
0: all right crystal um let's go with something you felt from a previous uh one was right
2: i also chose one of your predictions max from 2015 where you mentioned that successful tech companies would be focused on personal trainers or having fitness buddies on demand. So, I did say merging that. merging tech with fitness and not just in terms of like Fitbit or smart devices, but bringing the human element to it, bring on demand uh, fitness buddies whether in your home or anywhere on demand in the gym. At around the same time, Peloton became very successful. Right. They've been building the company since 2012 but toward the end of 2014, 2015, the first were repairing in homes, but it wasn't until maybe a year later when it became very successful. So tell us was about, something that was spot on.
0: You use Peloton, right? Yes, I T- use Peloton. Tell us what is Peloton, a lot of people don't know.
2: Peloton is a company that offers spin classes at a studio in Chelsea. And they also offer those same classes on demand in, the, in homes um, nationwide if customers purchase the, the spin, the bicycle.
0: So you purchase their bicycle and then you kind of tune into their class right. as it goes. Okay, and the
2: classes are both live and on demand.
0: Yeah. And can you connect with another person like a, a, someone you know who also has one of these bikes?
2: You can add and follow other users and see what they're doing
0: okay so it sounds like it's becoming very popular i know they just installed them in the gym in my building and it's becoming very popular and it you know it's you could see it as a platform like a jumping off point where maybe they'll build more and more uh more and more of these social features right. into it which could be really cool all right
2: and we'll get back to that in the third section
0: okay great so i'll, I'll kind of jump ahead to myself I also predict picked one of my predictions, so I guess I was right three times. So, uh, good for me. <laughs> what, what can I say? <laughs> this was so, not a random sampling. Yeah, although it's it. Th- this one was um, right, but not right of enough. So in uh, in February of 2015, uh, th- this is a cryptocurrency pr- prediction. Um, in February of 2015, remember this was a time when. The uh, value of Bitcoin had just tanked. It gone from one thousand all the way down to two hundred, and it'd just been tanking and tanking and tanking and tanking. Everyone was like, "Get out, get out, get out." So I said, by the year twenty twenty. So, so this one was actually for you know a, a year and a quarter from now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. It said Bitcoin much more valuable. It could hit two thousand dollars, which was like unheard of. And so it happens, you know, way more than that. I think the current price is what, 6,500 or something like that. And a a similar prediction I made last year is that the ICO craze, which is the initial coin offerings, these are people inventing new cryptocurrencies around whatever company and and they're trying to sell their coins and make money off it. And so there was an ICO craze in 2017. Maybe this was an easier hit because it was the market was heating up maybe a little too much where it was like. Okay, a lot of this is vaporware. A lot of this is going nowhere, and people are making way too much money that kind of makes sense. But I, I predict that the ICO craze would die down, and some survive to become real businesses. Well, yes, some have survived, which become real businesses or you know um, remain to be seen. But um, there's definitely a lot of innovation in that space.
1: I, I assume there are a lot of uh, I don't know if zombie coin is is the is the term or not. but well, That could be
0: but... a good term uh, to, to coin if <laughs> to uh, you know. But, but to, to I, I imagine there are the a lot pun.
1: of... They launched this Halloween. <laughs> yes. A lot of cryptocurrencies out there that, that were launched with, with great intention, but uh, have either become worthless or, or just aren't being traded anymore.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And well, Dogecoin is still there. It used to be number three, but they kind of purposefully tanked it. They just want it to be fun. So they keep on just printing more and more and more. And then, not printing, but you know, the the creation schedule is so high, I think, that the price just remains down so it can't well so is,
1: is it that they've crashed or is it just that everybody else had well not everybody but the the big names have continued to grow and dogecoin has just kind of stayed where they were and so it,
0: i think may, maybe maybe relative yes. but if you rate. think about it a coin based on a meme i mean how long is that going to last although who knows you know I'm there, there <laughs> have been know. coins based yes. on things that that seem a lot more stable which whatever happened failed. to there used to be a coin west whatever happened to that one <laughs> I do not know if that's still around. I don't want to look it up, but maybe I'll... uh, I am shocked
1: that that was not a topic of discussion in the recent Oval Office.
0: uh... It should have been. Yeah, he had his own coin. Um, Yeah, no, there were a lot of zombie coins. Actually, a lot of people have noticed that if you go to coinmarketcap.com, that's the website where you kind of see the, quote, stock market of all the coins. You can see all the current uh, prices and it's ordered by market cap. So roughly the most important one to the least important one. And you look at it from four years ago and you look at it from now and you see that most of the ones in the top 10 from back then are not in the top 10 anymore. Uh, The only ones that remain in the top 10 maybe are, well, Bitcoin, of course, and like uh, Litecoin, perhaps. Ethereum started out when it, when it came out, I think in 2014, it started out in the top 10 and still there. It's been number two for a while. Uh, But, uh, um, yeah, uh, there's been a lot of changing of the guard, so to speak, in that top ten, um, which is which is interesting. There, there used to be, I, I guess, I can compare it to the top ten apps, the top ten websites. Where when this technology came out, that was in flux quite a bit. And now, if you look at the top ten websites now versus five years ago, it's actually roughly the same which is, you know, or even apps. Apps, maybe five years ago, it was jumping around a little bit, but it doesn't change as much as it once did. We're we're
1: due for a new paradigm shift in, in those spaces.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's go into the one that's more fun or you can learn a little bit more from, and that is the predictions that were sort of wrong. Um, all right, uh, from the past, Aaron. Why don't we uh, start with you? Okay, so I'm I'm
1: going to be merciless here. Uh, I've I've chosen one of my own predictions from yeah. The, the so did I? So
0: I didn't choose one of your predictions either. That would have been if we like all <laughs> oh, chose yours. That would have been uh, a little bit wrong. Go for it.
1: So yeah, win- winter of 2015, um, and and to set the stage. Uh, so this this was uh, just as uh, well, maybe not just as, but, but we were in full swing of uh, the conversation surrounding the. The eventual 2016 presidential election, Bernie right. Sanders and Hillary Clinton were were out in the campaign trail. They were already in it. And Trump they, was
0: not there. He was he, was he
1: not there? Or he certainly wasn't at the front of the pack by any means. Was this in 2015? F- f- so this no, this was, was
0: February. He did not announce oh. until
1: June. Well, so but but this topic doesn't doesn't even involve him in the slightest. Okay. Uh, so my prediction at that point was that community college. Uh, so so that that by by now uh, community. Uh, Community college to your degree would be free, but also functionally useless. Uh, and so, what did you mean by that? Well, so so by free, I, I meant there was a lot of talk about how uh, m- several Democratic candidates were talking about plans to make college education either free or or heavily subsidized, and and it seemed almost a foregone conclusion that one of those several plans would come to fruition. Um, and and my assertion was that if if there is no uh, no financial cost and and very little opportunity cost to someone to get a two-year degree uh, they're going to be m- much in the same way that simply having a high school uh, diploma used to be a signifier of something and would could allow you to get a a uh, a, a job in a, a career with opportunities right uh, but but it had eventually evolved to really you need a college degree to, to get into certain fields yeah I think that uh, if if you made the two-year degree free and removed those barriers to, to entry, uh, it would cease to be a, a market indicator to, to prove that you're qualified okay. for really anything.
0: Okay. So what what do you think about your prediction now? What? Well, I think actually they did introduce some of this in New so, York some, State.
1: Some states yeah. have made progress along this path, and, and I I don't know, I haven't done the research to see what the effects that is that has had on on the labor market and opportunities for people who've who've taken advantage of that. Right. Um, but I, we certainly haven't seen a widespread implementation of, of that. So we so we haven't seen the impact. Right. I feel so like... Part, well, part well, two could still right. come to fruition, but not on this timeline. And part one has, has not happened. Right.
0: Part yet. one has The part two, um, you know, the, the worth of the degree, that would be more of a long-term prediction. I don't think you could, that That's hard to happen in, e, in a few years. Even
1: if that had... Yeah. Even if, if in 2016, uh, they had immediately implemented a program like that, it, it would only be now that those people would... The, the first people to take advantage of that would be graduating from their two-year degrees, right? Degree. right.
0: So, and even that would be a small portion of the yeah, job I, market. I, so. I was
1: perhaps being uh, uh, there, there was a little bit of hubris in in my uh, <laughs> in my prediction there to think that it could even have been proven out in that time. Okay,
0: period. so what have you learned from this prediction? Uh,
1: well, some some things that seem like the you know foregone conclusions. This this is definitely going to happen. Uh, don't even come close. Okay. Um, just, just in terms of of the you know. Free or heavily subsidized college coming to coming to pass. I, I got gotcha. At that point, it was it was so much in in the media discussions and public public debate. Right. I mean, everyone was agreeing on it. They were just disagreeing about how they were going to fund it. Right. That that I I didn't even consider the possibility that it wouldn't become a
0: program. It wasn't even. It hasn't even been a discussion on the federal level. No. Partially because of the election, but. <laughs> Even so, there's so much going on. It's hard. It, it's hard to see if the yeah, election well, it, had gone the other it way. Was, it was very much kind of
1: a a resurgence of some topics that had that had come up in the Occupy Wall Street uh, gotcha. movement, uh, and there there are a lot of things that came up in that movement that have either been forgotten or, if not entirely forgotten, they they haven't been addressed while they remain you know controversial.
0: Hmm. Okay, so. Uh, I think that's it. We can move on. All right, let's move on to Crystal. Um, what was your wrong prediction?
2: Uh, so one wrong prediction was yours, Max. Okay. Um, would have chosen one of mine. This is my first retreat.
0: Right. So you don't, you can't be blamed for anything that we got <laughs> wrong.
2: That's right. Um, but I chose one that was very interesting because I think we might be going in that direction. We're just not there right now. Okay. You'd mentioned that you would see some negotiation with a bot where we have dialogue with bots going right. back and forth. Um, where we talk to a bot, it makes a g- suggestion, maybe it's wrong, we correct the bot, and the bot ends up learning from us and makes a better suggestion. Where today we're just not seeing that back and forth dialogue as if we were communicating with a human. So I was wondering if you had an example of what you were hoping to see Oh yeah, in yeah. our communication with So bots.
0: I mean, I'll post this on the show notes, but I actually gave a talk... In front of the Talkabot conference, this was in the, I think summer or maybe like October, late September, October, uh, 2016, about Marsbot, which was Four Squares, you know, bot that kind of I built with a, a few other people um, to send you to restaurants and bars, and movie theaters, and all that stuff, and I kind of envisioned, you know, it would be fun to use this bot like a friend, like negotiating with a friend on where to go for dinner, where it would say, how about we go to Mexican? You're like, ah, I don't like right. Mexican, too spicy. So now it knows, okay, uh, he doesn't want something spicy. How about this place? Nah, it's too close. And you could do that with, with actually Mars bot If you ask for a suggestion and then you say, that's too close or that's too far, when that's too expensive it will correct itself and so i thought it would be really interesting to have kind of a, a human-like conversation there and i sort of have had ideas on how to do it like it, i wasn't like lost on on how to do it technically it's just i didn't get the resources to uh to make that happen at foursquare amazon has the resources to do it but they haven't um well, no, like Amazon, you can put, you know, you guys can put like a hundred people on it if you want. Maybe I'm exaggerating. You're saying, you're giving me a face, okay? Just, <laughs> just say, okay. But like, no one has really invested in it. It's not because we we don't have the technology to do it or we don't know how to do it as software engineers. It's just companies haven't invested in building this thing. And I really hoped to see that future. So it's a future that I could build maybe, but like, you know, it's it's something i hope to see. Did i answer your question at least?
2: You did. You did. I understand that. I just wanted to to follow up with that and i'm a regular alexa user, but i feel like i only use alexa for about five things. Yeah, yeah, me too. And an article recently came out on um, a study by Adobe Analytics stating that the most popular features of Alexa were listening to music, right. the weather forecasts, and like asking some fun questions, right? We've all done that before. Yeah, yeah. But I was surprised that... The behavior looks just like my behavior. I ask Alexa, you know, play music or for the weather right. forecast, ask lots of questions. It's not a lot of back and forth dialogue right. that we're seeing with the bot. And right the most now.
0: common thing that I do is ask it to play a radio station on my Sonos yes. just to bring it back to something that came true. But uh, no, but I ask it for that. I ask it for the time. I ask it for the weather, maybe the news, right. uh, a few other things maybe, but that's it. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I'd be very curious to know, and and I don't know how we would make this determination, if there there has been research and development done in this, and and perhaps they haven't found a way to monetize it, or they're not convinced that the public is is ready for it or wants it, and so it's you know sitting in a lockbox somewhere. Maybe that's happened, or or maybe it's it's like you you posited that they they just haven't invested in it yet.
0: Well, it seems like because everyone's using using it for these small number of interactions. They're kind of optimizing that. And so every time they sit down to figure out what the roadmap is going to be, they kind of go with the fix what you have. And then the like pie in the sky engineers who want to build the cool thing like me are always like smack down. That's probably what happens.
1: Well, it's, I suppose it's a hard sell to, uh, Build a a, uh, a a bot that can handle kind of back and forth negotiating type discussions. When sometimes, uh, not, I'm not going to pick on Alexa, but you know, sometimes Siri can't even understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Never mind, has difficulty coming up with an answer to the question. It it, it can't. It just can't do the translation from speech to. You know, to text effectively, so they, right, they got to right. get the small stuff right before they can tackle. I mean, that's what stuff. we could do
0: with Marsbot because Marsbot is all about is texting. It's not, and also like it's a very limited domain um, in terms of like restaurants. and Yeah, bars I've and tried to too. have
1: some some more, uh, com- not recently, but some more complex discussions with Marsbot, uh, and and it's if it's not me on the other this, lines, I can. But <laughs> it, it's yeah. it's not designed for this, but anytime I kind of go off topic of of uh, you know trying to find a. You know, a, a restaurant or, or a specific venue for something, it, it, it breaks down pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem with Marspot now is it doesn't remember the full conversation. It only remembers certain things. So like if I say I want a place that's cheaper, then it'll find a place that's cheaper. And then if after that I say less expensive, it'll simply find, a, or no, sorry, if, and then I say closer, it'll simply find a place that's closer to the place that the, the cheaper place that it just said but no but longer
1: it, taking cost it, into yeah
0: account. no longer takes cost into account right so even simple things like that those are easy things to program in but it's just we just haven't had time to do it it's not like people are like oh we don't have the uh, ai hasn't gone to that port point yet like it's not about that at all i in my opinion i mean some of the nlp um nlp interpretation stuff is hard but again a lot of that we can do um if we integrate into the right systems So, all right. Uh, This was yours, Crystal. Anything else you want to add to that?
2: That's it. I think that was a great discussion. Thank you, Max.
0: Okay, great. Now, the thing that I had that was wrong was actually, it was my prediction again. This prediction is so bad that I just want to take it out to the woodshed. Um, I wrote this, I believe I wrote this in 2016 uh, during the swing of the presidential elections. This was summer of 2016. um, And so this was two and a half years ago. And I wrote, um, or spring of 2016, sorry, two and a half years ago, um, a system for moderating content that significantly decreases the toxicity of internet discussions will be created. Um, no, internet discussions have become increasingly more toxic, and the problem has gotten even worse. And at that point, I thought, well, the problem couldn't get, possibly get worse. And it's gotten worse. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs>
1: if, if there's anything we've learned from, from watching horror movies, it's you, you never say, what's the worst that could happen?
0: Right, right. So this is actually, it's interesting because this is something that I thought about on my um, sabbatical, and I think I talked about that with you, Aaron, in what is it, episode 32 when you questioned me about what I was working on in the last six weeks, which are coming to an end in two days, so it's back to four square for me. But um, this is something that I thought about, and I kind of, came up with, uh, I sort of sketched out a potential solution called subjective tagging. So maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode, but I'm just thinking about it. I'm just whiteboarding it. Nobody's actually come out with a good solution yet. There are a few systems that I like better than others. I kind of like I kind of like some of the things Reddit does where it has different communities that are very different, but some of the discussions on there, you know, still get a little, um, I don't know, insane. But, uh, but I, it's better than, than Twitter or Facebook because I know what to expect based on which subreddit I go into. So I feel like I, I like that one a little better. But yeah, that was, that was wrong to the nth degree. I, would you guys agree? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's certainly the, the way I, I see it now. Um, but it's, it's, it's tough to tell whether we're really more toxic or not. Yeah, it, it that, it's hard feels to feels that way. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, the problem certainly hasn't been fixed. I think we can agree on no, that. Absolutely. And right. with, with all these, um, you know, social networks thinking about who we're going to ban, is it good to ban people, and all that being uh, big topics of the discussion all across, you know, it's topic of discussion on this podcast, but it's not just us. It's like podcasts all across the uh, – there's no blogosphere podcast. like the podosphere. I don't know. But whatever it's called um, – you know, this has been discussed uh, quite a bit on the, on the internet, let's just call it that. Um, so, I, you know, I, I just, uh, I don't want to say for now in the future, you know, what could it possibly get worse? Like, it can, but I don't know. <laughs> like, of course it can. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it will get even darker before it gets better. So... That's uh, unfortunately, that's
1: usually a, a safe prediction to make, yeah. no matter what the scenario <laughs> Some of
0: these, yeah, I. it's hard to figure out when a trend will turn around um, and how deep the rabbit hole goes. I just don't know. Um, okay, now with the future prediction that we don't know how it's going to turn out. Uh, the interesting ones are ones that are like not in the bag and not too pie in the sky. Well, I don't know. I just asked you guys to come up with something that was from from this last discussion that we had today, uh, our uh, our predictions from today that were interesting to you. So uh, let's see what you came up with. Um, Aaron, go ahead. Okay.
1: So uh, this this is actually I believe it's uh, one of Crystal's predictions. Okay. Um, and uh, this this was in the society and, and culture category.
0: Okay, that's an interesting category.
1: Uh, and and so the 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 prediction is is that. Uh, within 10 years half of, of all doctors' visits uh, will will occur virtually hmm. um, so I, I, I imagine that's that's either you know video conferencing or or per- perhaps perhaps some sort of VR if, if that's the route it goes but but not face to face in person which I I have not had a, a, a virtual visit with my doctor yet uh, but I, I know that there are doctors in the area who do that and it's not something that's super critical. To, to me in in being relatively healthy and also being you know, 15 minutes from the local hospital and less than an hour from uh, the you know, downtown Boston, which is kind of a, a mecca of of, uh, of hospitals here in the in the Northeast. But there are definitely parts of this country and parts of the world where uh, you you may not be able to access the kind of specialist or care you need in in the window you need face to face, and so this could be a huge. A huge game changer for, for those kind of communities. Yeah,
0: well, I noticed doctors are well, they're just coming into the 21st century now, some of them. Like, I've noticed that doctors are now more available by email and that sort of thing. So that's not a virtual doctor visit, but there's a lot of the follow-up questions are very important because, you know, it's always very tough when the doctor says, do you have any questions about what I just said? And, and then you kind of say, maybe you have a few questions, but you have way more when you get home. So um,
1: there's always that awkward uh, situation where if, if you get some sort of test or labs run yeah. and they call you and say, we have results for you. You should call the doctor. And so can't you just tell me? And so, no, we can't tell you. You know, I can't tell you over the phone. I'm only the, the, uh, the assistant in the office. Or, or well, I yeah. can't tell you over the phone. You need to come in. Or, well, could, couldn't you just email it to me? It, it seems more likely they probably want to fax it to us given the, the level of, Sometimes, of technological yeah. competence that the medical industry has shown. <laughs> Sometimes.
0: But, so, I, Crystal, this was your prediction. Tell, why did you make that prediction?
2: I made this prediction because one of my friends is a hospitalist. She's a hospital doctor and works overnight shifts. And she mentioned that some smaller hospitals say in in rural America and South Dakota, they might not be able to afford a physician on staff 24 hours a day. So they're moving to an e-medicine model where doctors will be available virtually and they'll cover multiple hospitals. And they'll be on call for the hospitals. And actually move throughout the hospital on video on an ipad
0: interesting so you see this happening
1: the telepresence was was a piece of this too with the little little bot so you could have a virtual doctor visit
0: in the hospital itself right too and and then of course at home because why not set that up at home like why not like put the uh, put the doctor on your ipad at home you know so yes that if you see it happening and i think you know, ten years is a pretty good time frame for this because there's a lot there's a lot that you could build in ten years. Oftentimes people will make this kind of prediction and say, this will happen in a year, two years, five years. Things move slow sometimes yeah. in that industry, particularly when it comes to habits of professionals. And it's not just doctors. I mean, even you know, look, even software engineers. Sometimes it takes a long time to develop to to convince them to develop to uh, adopt a new piece of technology, new thing in their workflow. So, um, so yeah, uh, the kind of human side of this is is tough to get. Right. So I think that's a fascinating uh, prediction.
1: Well, I I know uh, reaching back in some of my personal experience, I I used to work on an ambulance uh, back in college and and there was a a small clinic on campus uh but the doc was only on staff in the clinic until like nine or ten at night and and then he went off shift uh, and well so if if you were a a patient who was just there for for you know monitoring or if at this point you were kind of sleeping it off and the nursing staff could cover you you could stay there but if you had anything remotely serious uh they had to bring the ambulance in, you know, half an hour before they the, the doc left and transfer you to a quote unquote real hospital hmm. to spend the night, and then in the morning we go and bring you back. Uh, and so may, maybe a, a remote doctor can't address all of those use cases, but it, it could save the the but hassle some of, them, of transferring. And and this and this was again in Boston, Cambridge, where yeah. where we have those other hospitals to transfer to. That's not going to be the option necessarily in a lot of other places.
0: All right. Cool. I think we've. Uh, I think we're done with this one. Crystal, what was your prediction that you thought was interesting?
2: My prediction was related to and, and um, whose
0: was it? Was it? Or you don't have to say who it was whose it was, but who it, was was it, my, it was It was yours. Okay. Good. It was mine, yes. and
2: it, I chose it because it's also related to the um, where we started today when you made the prediction in twenty fifteen about having the virtual fitness buddies, right? And as you know, I'm a user of Peloton. Um, I have a spin bicycle in my home and I take classes on demand and live at home. Um, the bike also has a webcam built into the tablet. Okay. And I don't think it's not being used any, for anything right now. I think it's possible I'd be able to ride with a friend. We see each other on video. Um, I'm not even sure how that would be done. But when I saw the webcam, I had an idea. I was like, what if they can build in virtual personal training? Right. Right. So, in addition to just having the live classes and the on demand classes, Peloton could add in personal training where I meet with one of the instructors or I meet with one of their assistants. They Virtually. Put together virtually or, or like, or
0: they're, they're really there, telepresence. Yeah, through right. webcam. Right. Through webcam,
2: yeah. it's a huge screen, and they'll put together a program for me, a four-week long program, and then walk me through it in the beginning, Talk talk with me through it, and then maybe once per week, we'll do exercises together in my home because it is difficult after I work a long day in the office, I might be gone for a total of 10 hours per day, and I don't want to get to the gym, and they yeah. can meet me there at home and work out with me virtually. Well, there's
0: a lot of demand for that. I think a lot of people – well, I mean, a lot of people would get personal trainers if it wasn't so expensive, and by reducing costs, you can increase the number of people who have personal trainers. I think a lot of people would like that, and a lot of people would like personal fitness, you know, you no know, help. Um, right. You know, fitness is a problem in this country and across the world. Um, staying healthy is a problem for lots of people across the world. So, um, yeah, I think that's one of those um, aspirational predictions where it's like, I really hope it happens, right. but uh, but I think there's a good ch- chance it will.
1: That, that's actually what I was thinking more along the lines of when you when you brought up in the uh, in the initial predictions that went right uh, discussion of, of, about kind of virtual personal trainers because. Uh, I've I've done a couple of things either through uh, what was it? There was something on on my old Xbox 360 that uh, the Kinect could watch you while you were doing exercises and, and yeah, guide you connect. through stuff.
0: That was when I was in grad school. That was the future. And and
1: and there's also uh, I think it's it's now Nike uh, what was it Nike Training Club? Uh, it, it's an app and and it'll it it'll design workouts for you and guide you through them and there are videos and audio cues. But but it's It's really only a slight step away from our parents' generation of, you know, a workout video on VHS that you pop on the TV and and work out along to. Whereas having somebody who's actual a real live person observing and giving you feedback on your performance, that's a whole nother level. That's really
0: helpful because I know I do a lot of things when I work out and I have a personal trainer sometimes who helps me with when it's like, Max, you forgot to breathe. Start breathing or like, you know, you, you got to keep your, you know, you, you got to squeeze your core or whatever. Yeah, well, you and, know, the, the connect was
1: getting towards some of that with, with not an actual person on the other line, but, right. but the, the uh, AI is probably too strong a term for it, but, but it, the, the machine was, was evaluating your performance and critiquing it and giving you feedback. Right. But it's, but it's not the same as, as a real professional expert doing that necessarily.
0: Absolutely. Whose phone is going off in the live studio <laughs> audience? Come on, man! What are you doing here? <laughs> this is a professional show. Uh, <laughs> Dock his pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna go over to mine. Um, this is this is my prediction. So this prediction has to do with self-driving cars, um, and this is a prediction more on the on the social aspect of it. So I actually, I mean, one of my shorter-term predictions is that, um, and this one's kind of in the bag, sort of, although something could go wrong. Um, which is that uh, you know Waymo is going to introduce their fleet of self-driving cars. I think in Phoenix in a few months, and so people will be able to call the self-driving cars and ride around in it. I don't know how successful that will be. No. Our timeline—that's that, not the one I'm, I'm going, but yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Was oh, I was the just going to
1: say, was Phoenix where uh, was it? Was it Uber had the uh, fatality in their driver? Well, not driverless, but their automated. Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I wasn't sure uh, Waymo it was is Google, or, right, or used right. to be Google, di- Alphabet. Di- different yeah. company, but but same same. City. I mean,
0: that stuff will slow things down uh, quite a bit. Um, but um, we're talking about the ten year time frame, and I know you also put a ten year time frame for when this thing will really hit consumer markets. So I have another prediction for ten years, and it's with self driving cars and unfortunately neglected infrastructure in the cities, which I hope doesn't come true, but I think it might. Um, We'll see a resurgence in small towns that are just outside commuter range since their mobility will increase dramatically uh, without the need for additional infrastructure. So I'm I'm talking about actually this property that you have here, Aaron, that you just built. I mean, yes, it's in commuting range from Boston, but um, it it could become a, a highly valuable investment for you with the advent of self-driving cars because maybe there's more that you can do from a place like this or maybe up in New Hampshire a little bit more. So yeah, I mean, I'm,
1: and there is... And some...
0: also, I, I, I'm just very worried in New York because we're not fixing this... We, we seem to be fixing the subways, but then they, there's so much invested in it and they they put on billboards, like, in the subways, all the things that they've made better, but it just doesn't seem to be keeping up. And traffic seems to be getting worse and worse. Then their, quote, fix for it is to, like you know, put a cap on Uber drivers and study the problems. So now all of a sudden it costs me $30 more to get home or $20 more to get home. But it's still tons of traffic coming out, coming up here from the city yesterday. It took me five hours to leave the city. Unacceptable. So I'm very worried about the infrastructure in our cities. I think maybe our governance model is broken in these cities. Um, And so I think that um, in some of these more rural areas, I mean, the problem with rural areas is you can't get anywhere. But with self-driving cars, it might just make these areas a lot more valuable. Well, there, there was... Uh, I, uh, similar to, by the way, I, I'll let you go in a second, <laughs> the interstate highway system, you know, uh, spurring the, uh, the increase in the suburbs.
1: There, there was a, a big futurist uh, prediction, and I don't know whether this happened back in the 60s or 70s, or maybe it was even as late as the 80s, uh, but they were saying that with the advent of the helicopter... Uh, Yeah, that was going to change the way America lives, because everybody can you know, if you've you've got a decent sized lawn, you can take off from your helicopter and fly into the city or wherever it is you need to work. And then at the end of the day, fly back out. And obviously that that never came to be on on any reasonable level, except for perhaps the most uh, perhaps the most obscenely wealthy people. Uh, to, yeah. to use that but but there were a lot of a lot of people futurists at the time looking at the helicopter and saying oh, much like in, much in the way that ago. the interstate yeah. system transformed America the helicopter is going to transform it all over again hmm. uh, so may- maybe they were off in what the technology that was going to trigger that was and and the timeline but the, the yeah. effects could be Something we're seeing down the road.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Another thing I find interesting about this prediction, I certainly don't think it's one that's in the bag. Um, And so that's what makes it interesting. It's something that I could definitely see happening based on current trends. I don't know, but yeah, we'll see. Um, Anything else on that? All right, anything from our live studio audience? Thank you again to our live in-studio audience. (laughs) All right. Uh, I want to thank our panelists. Thank you, Aaron. My pleasure. Thank you, Crystal, for coming on the show. Oh,
2: thank you for having me, of course.
0: <laughs> all right, that's a wrap. Thank you, guys. That was Tech Retreat, local Maximum Tech Retreat, uh, tw- uh, fall 2018. All right, now we're going to cut for watermelon. All right, so that is our prediction show. I'm going to update the show notes page with all of the information that I can find on Dogecoin and maybe Coinye West. So I think that um, Coinye West does not uh, associated with Kanye West, which is why they probably got into trouble. But it really is. It's a zombie coin. I think it's kind of out now. So I'll will look that up and I'll check. But I want to point out here that I also made a wrong, well, kind of a wrong-ish crypto prediction last year. So I don't want to make it sound like everything that I got about crypto was right. And that was uh, that the infighting about Bitcoin governance would not be resolved, only delayed. Um And I guess maybe I could say that's technically true. But at the time, there was this huge internal fight going on about whether to increase the Bitcoin block size, which increases the number of transactions that Bitcoin can handle for every 10 minutes. And this was, you know, dividing the cryptocurrency community. And the people who didn't want to change it, they wanted to keep it at one megabyte. Uh, They wanted to keep the main ledger of who owns what Thin. So let's say you have like a map of the world detailing what country owns what, if I could use this analogy. You want to keep it simple. If you want to know about all the subdivisions within each country, then you go to another map or an atlas. So it's kind of the same thing here. If I could use that analogy, you keep the Bitcoin transactions thin and to do more, then you go on to a second layer. And then there are there's the other group of people who just want to uh, you know grow it indefinitely, and they were in group two, and these two groups were at each other's throats. So I kind of I guess I was technically right, like I said, that it wasn't resolved quote resolved, but I thought that. You know, by this time the fight would look pretty much the same. <laughs> I should not have predicted that. It turned out that you know Bitcoin split into two coins, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. And if you owned Bitcoin before the before the split, before the fork, then you own both coins. And so it would be like if there was a big fight in the United States and we split into two countries, and you ended up with citizens, citizenship in both countries, but you can, you know. Uh, you can renounce one, so you don't have to pay taxes to both countries. And now both coins are duking it out in the marketplace. And that is a resolution in a way. And personally, I think that the the multilayer people, which is the mainline Bitcoin, is going to continue to be dominant. But look, I really underestimated the ability of these crypto systems to deal with these kind of governance disputes. And, you know, you can call that resolution ugly, you can call the fight ugly, but if you think about it, you know, it's really not. It's kind of, it's downright elegant that you could just fork a coin like that. So that's amazing. I think it's really telling how much I'm underestimating progress in the cryptocurrency field, even though, even though I've been an optimist. Okay, so focus questions for this week. What do you think about the predictions that we gave for the future? That's uh, three of them. Uh, number one, within ten years, half of doctors' visits will be virtual. Number two, within a year and a quarter, eh, let's give it two and three years. Uh, Virtually, they'll be virtual fitness training with live instructors, either from Peloton or elsewhere. I mean, obviously, you could. It, it, you always talk about these things, like obviously you can Skype someone in, but like something organized, you know, through a, through a, uh, a company or, or web service. And then three. The rise of the outer suburbs as self-driving cars come out and urban infrastructure can't keep up with rising demand. So what do you think about those predictions? And, of course, if you have any of your own predictions to add to this, I'd love to hear it. Uh, LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Let me know. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. Remember to check out the website at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, or ask a question that I can answer on the show, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. This show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe to The Local Maximum on one of these platforms and to follow my Twitter account at Max Sklar. Have a great week. It'll feel the power.
2: She
1: said, I don't care what you say. You're
0: gonna see